0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the exceptionally tiny room today. I am one of the people who is named in the name of the podcast, Michael and Benjamin's podcast. I am Michael and I am joined by the man who is sitting even more excessively close to me than usual. It's Benjamin. Say hello, Benjamin. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah, I think you've used that one before. I know. I think you're repeating material. Even more excessively close. Benjamin, the reason that you're sitting so close to me is that you have developed an uncontrollable attraction to me.
1: Yeah, it's unfortunate really my mother's very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: no, Ben. The real reason that you're sitting so close to me is that we have a third person in the tiny room today, and that person is Barry Keegan, who has been called the most attractive Irish comic book writer and artist to ever be in the tiny room.
2: That's very true. <laughs> Probably <laughs> the only one, really. Aren't <laughs> well, so far, yeah. <laughs> that's one way to spoil a compliment, Barry, but fair enough.
0: <laughs> that doesn't take away from it. Then uh, theme music. The music for the podcast We don't actually have any music
2: But I hope someone will make some up for us I don't want to name any names Rachel, I hope it's Rachel Very good. Yeah.
0: That's the magic of post-production. There. Barry's looking
1: at me like a mental. We insert it afterwards. <laughs> it
0: goes in. After. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. That was uh, good, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have some things to talk about. Do we? Yes, we do, Ben. Um, including a new conceit. A new conceit. You enjoy. When you we and your conceits.
1: conceits. You're so conceited.
0: Shall we start with the news of the predator?
1: See, I don't know what the news of the predator
0: is. Hmm. Barry.
2: Um. No, I, I'm just looking <laughs> forward to the movie. But...
0: Yeah, uh, well, I'm looking forward to the movie too. I think it, it looks like it's going to be a solid movie. Early reviews are good, but there has been a bit of controversy. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, um, classic Hollywood bad egg controversy. So, Shane Black is the director yes. of the film. Uh, he also directed Iron Man 3.
2: The nice guys.
0: The nice na- Nice guy? Yes. Yes, He's a lethal
2: <laughs> weapon as well, isn't he? He was a writer weapon. of the Rider, weapon, okay. Yeah.
0: He's also the first person killed on screen by a Predator in the original Predator. That's right, yeah. Um, and Shane Black hired a friend of his. Oh. And they'd known each other for 14 years. And he knew that this friend had done a little bit of time in prison. Oh, good. Um, and he didn't mention that mm. to the studio. Because... According to him, he he believed his friend when he told him the story of why he'd been in prison. Then, um, star of the film Olivia Munn, Uh who has inexplicably become a leading lady. Yeah, Olivia Munn's not usually front and centre. I know, it's odd. After basically being a a silent assassin type in most films she's been in. She's now front and centre. Which I mean, should be off yeah, left yeah, wing. Yeah, you said that It's a day right. for repeating. It's a day for repeating. Leave me be. Anyway, Ben, she discovered that the reason that what was his name? Oh no! Hold on. The reason that uh, Stephen Wilder was in prison was for attempting to groom a fourteen-year-old girl. Oh dear. Yeah. So he's a registered sex offender.
1: Oh Jesus! Mm. And there's kids on that film, isn't it?
0: I think there's one or two kids in yeah. the film, he he didn't share any scenes with them. He only shared a scene with Olivia Munn, but Olivia Munn found out. What would you do, a background search or something? It's actually illegal to do background searches on actors in Hollywood. What do you mean it's illegal? You're not allowed to do background searches on actors.
1: It's very convenient for anyone that wants to mess around. <laughs> that's,
0: that's it's perfectly set up really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Are you saying there's some sort of conspiracy <laughs> at play?
1: I think I think a couple of people said that about eight months ago, Michael would a little true. hashtag called me too. Yeah, <laughs> I think we've um, covered that one.
0: So Olivia Munn reported this find to Fox. Fair. And they have cut his scenes. I don't I don't see anything wrong with that. With that yeah, no, you're right. I, I'm gonna have to come well, out and say
1: I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. Well,
0: Ben, that's the conceit I've planned for today. Oh, I've planned a okay. new conceit. That, this, it's going to be a new segment. It's called The Devil's Avocado. Uh, okay. <laughs> and you
1: have a little drawing. I've drawn a little picture. Of Devil's Avocado. So oh,
2: nice. <laughs> you're
1: very brave showing that to an actual artist <laughs> he's when an, he's when he's in the room. He's like, an
0: avocado, Ben. I can see that. And he's also the devil. You see he has a little beard here and a pitchfork. Oh, horns, as well. He's it? got horns here nice, and uh, devilly eyebrows. Barry, I had no idea this was going to happen. <laughs> I'm so Sorry. He's so the reason then that this section is called the Devil's Avocado. Go on. Is it's like the devil's advocate. Oh, it's a play on a word. It's a play on a word. Mm. So um what the play is I'm not necessarily <laughs> saying this is my opinion. Actually, oh. it's not my opinion. It's not my opinion. I... This isn't my opinion. I'm just playing the devil's avocado. Yes, okay. Should he have a voice? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: know, a voice. Okay, no, hang on.
1: <clears throat> Podcast gold. Um this is
0: great,
1: Ben. He lost the chance to a voice when he failed to mention the fact that he was a registered sex offender.
0: No, not the devil's avocado. He no, no, the no. no he, can have, he
1: can have a voice, but this, what is it, Stephen Wilder?
0: Stephen Wilder.
1: Stephen Wilder. They shouldn't have brushed the fact under the rug that he was a bloody sex well, offender. Hang on. Well, hold on.
0: You see, here's where I'm going to devil's avocado you. Oh. There are lots of people in Hollywood, mm. in films, mm. who have done time in prison mm. and are allowed to be in films. And often it's the fact that they've been in prison that makes them worth casting.
1: Is it known what the crime is when they're hired on the set as a former prisoner?
0: Well, let's talk about, let's say, Mark Wahlberg. Marky Mark? Who... Oh, no. <laughs> you brought it up. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do the voice. You brought it up. Marky Mark uh, was sent to... what oh, did he go to prison? Anyway, he was charged with the racially motivated assault of a Vietnamese man. Yeah, he beat up a Vietnamese, Vietnamese guy. murder. It wasn't great. Yeah. Danny Trejo. Yeah. In and out of prison his entire life before he reformed and became an actor. He found Jesus. Did he find Jesus? Yeah. In prison? It was, a, was possibly just... <laughs> Jesus. It was his cousin. And once he
1: reconnected and filled that
0: gap, it was, it was grand. So what I'm saying is, Ben, is the American, um, not judicial system, the American prison system, is it not supposed to be correctional rather than punitive?
1: Yeah, but okay, here's the thing. Right. Wasn't disclosed what his crime was. Well... For better or worse, sex offenders are far more
2: hated than violent offenders. Which For is better interesting. or worse.
0: It's interesting.
2: Not my opinion. The devil's me out here. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I think, I think depending on the crime, there's more of a stigma to them. So I think with sex offenders, there's a high kind of stigma to it. So yeah. maybe, you, I suppose you get why a movie studio doesn't want to be associated mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. Like, but like, I know Especially in the current environment.
1: Yeah, especially with what's going on in Hollywood at the minute, like you just can't do that. I mean, you may as well ask if it was right of Olivia Munn to background check an actor. Like, well, is, know, is is that if it's illegal, it's illegal?
0: I imagine she didn't. I imagine she was informed
1: by somebody else yeah. who knew. Yeah. yeah. See, that's the thing. I, I don't think I'd mind. Only Shane Black probably should have done his due diligence there and not just believed his friend at face value.
0: Well, Shane Black. We'll never know what Shane Black believed or didn't believe. Mm. Shane Black is now saying he, he should have checked. Yeah. That he thought it was something relevant. Yeah, that's mild. fair enough. Like,
1: yeah, I think a due, I think that's a due diligence thing.
2: Like you don't how be, long did he know this guy for?
0: 14 years. Oh.
2: So when this happened, when this guy was in prison, mm. was he friends with Shane Black yeah. then? And Shane Black didn't know uh, well, he why heard, he was in prison. He
0: like. heard this guy's version of it. And you should have it? heard some other people's
2: version, though. Like, you well, that's just...
0: what he has heard now. Yeah. Well, that's what he has said he's heard now. We don't know. We don't know who's covering their ass or.
1: Look, we're neither here to confirm yeah. it. Sorry for such a, a controversial topic to start you <laughs> off, Barry. Like, I had no idea this was coming up. Well, look you should
0: have told me. Oh. Look at him. Look at his little archy eyebrows.
1: So, anyway, the end of this segment is uh, The Predator's Predator. Yeah, or nay. Okay or not. Very good. Yeah, okay. That's Moving on right. from there, Michael. <laughs> Moving on. Benjamin, Jesus. Uh,
0: during the week. I sent you a link. You did to watch, Ben. Realizing that you are not the most gifted when it comes to hand-eye coordination, not at all. I have sent you a video of a computer game. Yeah, uh, called Cyberpunk 70- twenty seventy seven. Yeah. What did you think of that?
1: Aesthetically, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Hate first-person shooter games, right? Because I'm terrible hand-eye coordination. <laughs> right. I can't actually <laughs> orientate myself in those particular mm-hmm. worlds um orient orientate yeah whatever i can't remember um but anyway yeah it looks bloody good michael for me better crack at a cyberpunk world than most things i've seen on screen
0: yeah better i mean mean, even just visually yeah better than upgrade
1: better than upgrade visually which was just google in two years yeah yeah uh better than very close to altered carbon Yes, I felt. He had a very strong Altered Carbon, especially the opening scenes. I thought the character in that playthrough was very similar to Takeshi Kovacs's original meat suit. Mm. In the opening scenes of Altered Carbon, where he's the very heavily tattooed
0: Takeshi Kovacs. But it was a lady, Ben. The main no, girl. no, no,
1: the, the assistant, the, the, her oh, gal Friday. Gone around yeah, there's with a guy going, it, going right. around. It's yeah. her, her co-op
2: partner the ai i don't i don't know what you got i don't do video games i did actually when i watched it at the start i was like okay yeah this this looks fine like you know cyberpunk but what blew me away was when i think it starts out where there's kind of a mission they're like trying to kill somebody or a few people but then after they walk out onto the street yeah and there's like what seems like hundreds of people walking Mm -hmm. around and like the character looks up and you can see all these like towering buildings and advertisements and like that was that was a real wow factor like you know, yeah it's really yeah. built up like yeah. in a way that you don't see with a lot of games totally like, like yeah i
1: liked a lot of the core concepts as well i like the idea of certain people having a platinum insurance service that mm-hmm. will actually track them down and keep yeah. them safe and stuff i i thought that was kind of interesting that's a lot more thinking that goes into stuff like that than i've seen in a also then
0: i know that you're not a gaming man i'm not but it is from a studio called cd project yes of the witcher Oh, you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, ah, ah, look at you. <laughs> ah, you tried to get me. I got you first. <laughs> and The Witcher, Ben, is generally considered the best PC game ever made. How do you feel about the recent casting choice for Geralt? Oh, the, the The Witcher is going to be played by the Superman.
1: By the Superman, by Henry Bloody Cavill.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know. The Witcher mm. has a bit more of an edge to him than mm. Henry uh, Although, having said that, Henry Cavill was quite good in. Um, the latest mission impossible he was he's a good actor i
1: i always enjoyed the the much maligned man from uncle really good that guy Ritchie did i thought it was a very good film thought he was a very good character in that
2: have you heard about um i think it was an, so i was listening to a podcast during the week and they said <laughs> what to <laughs> mean you were listening to a podcast during <laughs> the week by But they huh. said uh a there's some artist called Boss Logic, have you ever heard of this? Yeah, artist? yeah, he's the guy who does all the mock-ups. But he done a mock-up of Henry Cavill as the main character really? from The Witcher, and I think it got shared around on social media, but Netflix, I think, because this is going to be a Netflix series, yeah. mm-hmm. I think they responded and said something like hinted as in, like, you know, we'd be interested in this or, you know, something like that. Like, so yeah. I don't know if that's where the original idea came from, but on this mm-hmm. other...
0: I want, what I wonder is, is he going to have a fight in a jacks?
2: Is that a core? Is
0: it core Henry Cavill? He has a fight jacket. He loves a fight man from Uncle. He Do you think he's kind of reload Jets?
1: his guns like he does in Mission Impossible, where he like flicks the cuffs and kind of like he's reloading his biceps for oh, the next yeah, round of punch yeah, Probably.
2: Well, um, oh, yeah, he could be in some kind of tavern in it and go into like you know <laughs> yeah. really disgusting a toilet. toilet, toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be really gross. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought he'd be a bit older because Geralt is quite grizzled. He's yeah.
0: grizzled, but I mean, he's grizzled in a medieval sense, which is probably...
1: Remember. Everybody, he could be 20 in the game, probably not. Yeah, we exactly know. yeah fair enough. Um, fair enough.
0: Look, Ben, I'm still struggling to get into The Witcher 3. It's a bit too complex. For you. No, um, it's just hard to get into. Look, I don't want to talk about myself too much, but I like being good at games. <laughs> and I've been playing Skyrim for five years
1: now you're really good at Skyrim
0: I can start a new game and I know exactly what I'm doing and you know what I mean and then The Witcher I'm a bit at a loose end and...
1: you know the way sometimes Michael you say that I give away a bit too much about myself in the podcast
0: yeah I think, I think we might have reversed roles this <laughs> week Ben yes Iron Fist
2: uh, it's a show that's on boo Oh, no. Barry, uh, Iron Fist! I actually avoid avoided season one because it got such bad reviews. Like mm, so, yes, I, I didn't actually yes, watch Barry. it. Barry. Ten points for Barry in there <laughs> in the studio, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Well, look, I have seen half of season two. It is considerably better. I don't think that matters. I'm not saying that it's necessarily good. <laughs> Can't polish turd, Michael. You, well, you can. You can you those... skip to season two, Michael? Yeah. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I'd say you could. The The main flaw of it is the, the villain. Uh, he's the steel serpent. Davos, Davos isn't it? Yeah. 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 And, and the actor who plays him is tiny. <laughs> he is <laughs> tiny. You're such a size I'm of st- <laughs> like, he would make you look like a giant. That's a, an impressive
1: feat, <laughs> he given is, how
0: below-averagely tall I am. <laughs> <laughs> he is tiny. He okay. is smaller than all of the female characters in the show. No. He is absolutely tiny. There's one scene, without spoiling too much, there's one scene where he's being seduced by a lady <laughs> and the lady looks like she could beat him up. He's <laughs> just... is not a great choice. He's tiny. And it, someone somewhere made... The, I know, Ben, that I'm a bit obsessed about height. I'm, you are. You are. <laughs> but I'm exactly the average height for an Irish man. Still, i am
1: he has several studies to prove it he's prove commissioned it. some yes. research from the irish government but this guy is tiny. <laughs> he is so small what height would you say he is
0: i'd say he's maybe five foot four
1: that's quite small
0: but he's also slight he's right, not just yeah. small he's not just a remember that guy who was showed up in a lot of genre things a few years ago who was really small and he had a really square head but he was good at doing a flip yeah, Any time you, you, you were making a TV show or a movie and you need a small Is it the guy. guy from Ocean's 12 or something? The Asian actor? No, he's he's American, I think. But oh, he's okay. a little square head and he's good at doing a flip. He's good at doing a flip. Yeah. So he's a good little
1: acrobat character to have yeah, in there yeah um,
0: He's about his height, but not the build he's tiny no idea it's a real problem
1: Barry have you found Mick doing the thing yet behind you where he kind of measures himself up to <laughs> you know, he Barry, will don't worry it's I've going I've already checked Barry. It's categorically going. Done. You'll, you'll, see, you'll see it at one point Mick will just sidle up next to you and he'll offer you something but what he's really doing <laughs> is sussing out where the shoulders line up and he's just like oh yes and you'll see a little layer Air pump when you get to right Well, it if you're right.
2: not, you're not that tall, like you say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're you're fairly well built, Michael. Thanks, you know, <laughs> Thanks yeah. you uh, um, <laughs> Excellent.
0: Anyway, look, it's good. It's uh, there's a lot less boardroom talk. There's a oh, lot more Christ. iron fisting oh stop that michael (laughs) that's why i didn't name the show today i didn't name it we have guests today that's the name of the show you can't be doing that he iron fists i'll stop it he he iron fists you're being facetious No, look i'm trying to finish his thought he iron fists (laughs) twice in the opening three minutes (laughs) Right? <laughs> twice in the opening three minutes. Who's the poor victim of such iron fisting? Uh, the Chinese. Oh. And it's a shame because they're... The grand, whole race? Yeah, they're a grand bunch of lads usually. Yeah. But, um, Especially if you're producing the Meg. The, the One of the biggest drawbacks of the first series, one of the things that people didn't like, was how little iron fist there was. I think he didn't do the iron fist until episode six or seven. And then he iron fists twice... In the, in the opening 3 minutes. Mm. So I think that's a like a nod to the fans like hey guys look sorry we got this. We got it. We we know what you want. We want uh, you want to see some iron fisting and some punching the Chinese lads
1: Well neither Barry nor Michael have, have seen the end of it And I have spoiled it for myself Because I have no interest in watching it And I enjoy <laughs> a spoiler And being caught up on things Even though I don't have to watch them mm-hmm. um, There's a lot of controversy of, of controversy, Is there? About the ending Oh And we'll we'll get to that As soon as you've seen the whole thing There's no point in me spoiling it For either of you Alright um, sure But you if anybody to. who's listening to the podcast Wants to spoil it for Michael Comment down below <laughs> no, Either don't. the Instagram Or on the YouTube channel oh, don't Let say. us know Go on spoil it for him Go on Wreck his day um, no, but um, yeah There's a lot of controversy About the, the, the ending Is it uh, Oh, do I Oh, look let's Look, there's allow. no point in guessing There's no point in guessing Because we won't go a, into it Because we don't want to spoil it for thing? Barry Is it a racial it, thing? It, 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 no, it's not a major racial thing It's more of a, a woman thing
0: Oh
1: Yeah, yeah Anyway, we'll get to it When you've seen the whole thing I'm looking forward to your thoughts on it I'm looking forward to All your right, thoughts on it right. Anyway Anyway Moving on from there Why do we have Noted author and artist of Irish comic books, Barry Keegan, in the studio today. Did you invite him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember? Oh, yeah. You said
0: I'm going to invite Barry.
1: Yeah, yeah. We did do that, didn't we? <laughs> uh, it. Barry, why are you here?
2: Because <laughs> uh, you invited me. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh,
1: no, we are, are here today because uh, Barry has written and illustrated his very own comic book on Irish mythology, uh a uh, subset of mythology that I feel is very overlooked quite often, and I was delighted to read *The Bog Road*. Um, You've mentioned it once or twice. Barbara. I've mentioned it once or twice, repeatedly. Um, some might say, but uh, yeah, it's it a very good graphic novel. So we reached out to Barry, and Barry has been kind enough to come into the tiny room, making it tinier than usual. Yeah, um, so that's what we're going to talk about this week. We think. are
0: Barry. Um, get us started here by telling us how did you how did you get started in the whole comic book world? Um, well, I
2: suppose just. As in, like, I've always enjoyed them, like mm-hmm. as as a medium. Um, as far as getting into it, um, I just met up with Rob Curley. I wanted to kind of actually do some comics, like, and get paid for them. Like, and, <laughs> Rob, <laughs> Rob Rob was willing to do that. Like, uh, so I worked with Rob a good few years ago on a an Irish book called The League of Volunteers, mm-hmm. and it's funny actually because when we worked on those and we went to um, conventions and panels everybody wanted to talk to Rob because he wrote it and maybe that asked me one question about the art side of it like and for me I think a big part of comics is like the story side of it what I'm interested in like so I uh, I always wanted to kind of I had a lot of ideas and I always wanted to write my own stuff like so when I finished the uh, League of Volunteers with Rob I just kind of started to work on my own stuff because that was what would have I would have been most passionate about. Mm-hmm. So um it took me a good few years to do the Bog Road. I suppose before I actually even started on it, I was just kinda trying to figure out exactly what style and and what way I wanted things to look like. And um I had a false start on another graphic novel which I decided to kind of abandon and come oh, back, right. back to at a later stage. Like mm-hmm. um, what really kind of got me started on the bog road was when I moved down to County Leash with my wife. Ah, and ah, We were wondering why Leash. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, it was just like um, I used to work shift work as in like I might be in on a weekend and then I'd have like Monday and Tuesday off. So there was not never really anyone around and I knew a guy down in Leash who he wasn't working at the time and he knew a lot of like really cool spots like to go. Um, he would take me to like Sleaf Bloom, Glen Barrow, okay. uh, the Rocket of a all these different places that I'd never heard of. And I don't think anyone from Dublin really has ever heard of them. And it just kind of... Um, no. Yeah, <laughs> but they're really impressive. Like, And uh, I just, I suppose, the whole, like, the land and stuff, it just started to get into me because what I found out later was that the ancient Irish believed in it was called anim, animism, which mm-hmm. was basically... Everything had kind of a soul or a spirit, like a rock, oh, a river, okay. a tree. Very Native American-y. It is. It's funny. It's quite an eye-opener because when you when you read about it, like, the, the one thing that kind of really stood out was, like, uh, there was, I think it's, like, six trees. They're called chieftain trees, like, and these are kind of the most highly revered trees to oh, wow. the ancient Irish, like, and one of them was the yew tree and the reason why it was so impressive was because at the time it was the only evergreen tree in ireland so during like harsh times winter times everything died except this one tree kept its its green leaves and stuff and then it was also had poisonous kind of i think berries and sap and stuff so wherever this grew in a forest it would kind of kill everything around it so it would create a kind of a grove like a an area that oh, seemed clear some stuff out, like, yeah so it like, would actually appear more impressive you know I suppose yeah. all the early man like going through the forest like there was there was some kind of extra special vibe about this place mm. and they would have a lot of ceremonies and different things around these like so um, yeah like just thinking about the whole animism thing and like going to all these places and leash like it was I wanted to kind of think of an idea of like I suppose the people of Ireland have moved on from this as in like we kind of yeah. got hijacked by Christianity mm-hmm. and We've forgotten like a lot of this, the stuff from the past is gone or it was rewritten to kind of fit the kind of christian kind of narrative yeah. so i thought to myself like it would be cool to do a story set in leash where these kind of spirits of nature they're still there mm-hmm. and um they still i suppose are looking and seeing what man are doing on the planet and how we've kind of moved away from our connection with nature and stuff yeah. like that Like so i kind of wanted to have an overarching story about the f- fantastical side of it and then kind of a very just modern day kind of irish uh, story as well so like that's like i am actually going to do another story set in this world that's what i've started to work on like and um, yeah yeah and <laughs> um, but there will be characters from the original book will move into this next mm. story.
0: Oh, the guy oh, you were asking about. Geez.
1: Yeah. Okay. Oh. On. One of the things that I didn't oh, that I missed, it went over my head Barry, was the lad with the sunglasses. What's 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 his deal? Dan O'Malley. Dan Kelly Dan, Dan Kelly. Kelly, damn it. <laughs> um yeah, what what was his deal? Cuz him and the the master spore have an owl exchange how did you do oh no he has it with the the bog man. with the bog creature um, yeah the bog creature where he says how did you do it how did you steer them away or something like that and i i that completely i was I was intrigued by
2: it because obviously your man has a lot of sway in the town and understands exactly what the bog creature is um like that's kind of it's kind of a narrative you notice know, like two scenes in the book where your man, Dan Kelly, just tells people what to do. And, and they, they do and it. And they just do it. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that's kind of just a narrative on modern society where we, a lot of people, don't question things. Yeah. They just do what they're told. And, like, they kind of think, well, if some something's a higher authority, it must be right. And I must have to do what, what they say. Like, So yeah. it's kind of like... It goes away from I suppose I would think like if you go back to the pagan times like like the Irish were probably more tribal and like everybody had a say so like the the spirits of nature kind of work similarly to that and they kind of don't understand how um, one person can kind of control so many so much you know stuff. I mean? okay so it's like that's it's it's kind of that simple it's more just a play on on how we kind of are in the modern world and we don't kind of question a lot yeah, of stuff it's kind like, like
0: outsourcing thinking and stuff like
2: yeah that. exactly yeah, like, yeah.
0: okay Can I divert you a tiny bit just back to something you said at the beginning which I thought was interesting you said that you you illustrated a book that was written by Rob Curley yeah Rob Curley is from Atomic Diner exactly yeah exactly he's the publisher and um, and you said that people were more interested in talking to the writer than yeah. the artist yeah isn't it interesting in comics how that often swings back and forwards between people being more interested in the writer people being more interested in the artist people being more interested in the writer
2: yeah i think i think most fans feel like they can talk about story and character and stuff like that but then if they're not an artist they probably don't really know what to ask an artist and they Mm -hmm. might feel like they're not qualified to ask an artist like so i think maybe people should have more courage you know like to to ask artists whatever they want like but for me i suppose all people were asking me was like you know how did you draw that or what's your process and things like Mm -hmm. that and like at first it was kind of cool to talk about well, I got bored of answering those questions so <laughs> quite cool. like, scribble get, out that question get rid of it there <laughs> scratch
1: it scratch the whole interview we'll have to go off the cuff um, but no, no, it's, yeah. I,
2: there's a lot of artists out there who um, have no interest in the kind of the telling of the story or writing the story Like so yeah. it's kind of like I only found out recently like the term cartoonist is someone who writes and draws I didn't actually didn't know, know that myself up. like yeah whereas then in comics you've got an artist and a writer so mm. like there will be like the creators i'm most interested in would be the ones who do both because i think the story if you read a book a lot of books where it's a artist writer that does the whole lot like they don't lean as much on the dialogue i find yeah. and they mm. will have a lot of um quieter moments in the story or they might say a lot less, whereas I think sometimes if it's a writer artist, especially I I'd, I'd say actually the more seasoned writers don't have as much dialogue in there, yeah, because
1: they understand that it's a visual kind of exactly, and
2: they it, and yeah. they allow the art to kind of tell a lot of, mm. of what you can see, like whereas kind of maybe newer writers would like fill books with with dialogue, and like to be honest, when I look at books where there's dialogue everywhere, it kind of bores me, like, and I like maybe that's just my opinion, like other people might love that, like, but you I, might as well read a novel exactly yeah, yeah 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 so i I do like like one one series that i really love um it's called profit from image comics yeah yeah yeah, yeah and like most of that was kind of writer artists kind of um i think everyone on that all collaborated like they all drew and wrote and, okay so there's a bit of a yeah it's just vibe. kind of a nice it was something that kind of inspired me at the time just when i was kind of starting the bog road like even mm-hmm. though it's like a kind of massive epic sci-fi like it's like yeah. nothing in a way like the bog road like but it was just kind of the way they were telling the story like mm.
0: so how long did the bog road take
2: uh well i do it in in my spare time like so okay I, I might do i could do like an hour in the evening like when i'm when i'm at home like so i can normally do one page a week and uh so yeah, it took me nearly four years to do it. Wow, yeah. okay. It's a commitment to a <laughs> person of love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's but a... I think like the fact that it was some a story I really wanted to tell, it just yeah, that's yeah, what kept helps. me on course, like, you know, and just I, I suppose just the the kind of urge to put out a story that was very Irish and kind of hopefully that would sit in there with the, the, I don't know if I'm using the right word here, like the pantheon of all the Irish books and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's okay, we use words wrong all the time. Don't worry about (laughs) it.
1: You can just wade in and we'll do a retraction on it next week. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's the right word. No, for me, it was really interesting to pick up your book because um, I don't see a lot of Irish mythology represented in modern kind of takes on it or modern adaptations. Like you read things like Sandman or anything like that and in the marvel pantheon you have thor like norse
2: mythology seems to be right at the front yeah of all that these days and um, you know it's funny like i think a big reason of that is because all of that mythology i think has a lot more um kind of actual written um works from, yeah. from long ago whereas in ireland when christianity came to ireland and they I suppose took over like they kind of uh, changed a lot of the stories, and I suppose what didn't help as well was that the pagan Irish, like uh, like the druids, where their job was to kind of tell the stories, like I suppose orally. Like so, Mm. there was no, they never wrote anything down. Like so, Mm -hmm. it's kind of harder to know exactly kind of like the details of of what actually went on back then. We don't have the same canon to go
1: off. Yeah, because I was going to ask you that in in general, like, do you find it difficult to research for stuff like this or? Did you have people who helped you out or?
2: Um, no, like, I see, the thing is, I think a lot of people, a lot of people have read it and think, like, that I'd done, like, tons of research, like, but it was more, like, it was more me picking places in Leash and, like, imagining if there was, like, like, with this animism thing, like, if the, like, the river Barrow was alive, like, you know, oh, how, okay. how would it think, like, you know, and, like... It, if you just pick places in real Ireland and and try and bring them to life, like people might automatically think, like oh that these are ancient these kind of Irish, Irish things, like but like a lot of it isn't. You know what yeah. I mean? Like like there is some things in there. Like um down in in and around the Midlands, i f- I was in a lot of shops and I would see like they would sell all old bog oak and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. But what I seen a lot was like these little. Uh, it was saying a, a black bog cat a lucky black bog cat like and okay i couldn't find anything online about that but i just liked the idea like so in the story like when they they need to get across the bog like these these two black cats come along like to help them like so yeah. i think so different things I, I felt were kind of um relevant down in that region like i tried to kind of bring in like but yeah i wasn't like this pure like ultra research mode where i was <laughs> yeah, like no, i'm sure you know
0: and how have uh, how have midlands readers taken to it
2: um, yeah like it's brilliant so I'm getting really good feedback Um just a lot of people actually kind of come over to me and said like why why on earth did you set it there like almost it, like <laughs> we, we, we may or may not have had that thought ourselves very but, <laughs> but uh yeah like so I, I suppose i i wanted to I, a few people have said maybe it took someone for an outsider to come in and see what was there that pe- most people just took for granted yeah so uh you know, but yeah, I think everybody's loving it. Like they're really kind of um inspired and just blown away. And and I think it's a because like at the at Dublin Comic Con this Greek couple came over to me and they bought the book and then I was telling them about the, the map at the back and, and the different places and they said they had been to um they had been to the Rocket like, but there was a few loads of other places they hadn't been. So they were like we're we're gonna go and check all these out like, you know. So it was that was kinda cool to Almost inspire someone to go down and have a look yeah. at these places because it, yeah, it's just places I, I kind of fell in love with and mm-hmm. thought it were amazing. Like, so it's cool to kind of have it. I suppose, for like, I suppose when I'm long gone and dead, like, you know, hopefully the bog road will still be kind of passed around and people will like down around Leash will kind of. Give it to someone and say like yeah, check this that out, like. Status, like, yeah exactly
1: like. yeah it's a nice thing to see it put down like because as you said it's a really flexible thing when we do it like orally when we pass all those things along the stories go down word of mouth as far as well
2: it's kind of it's inspired me now for the next part to i suppose do a lot more research and try and find okay. some kind of more obscure stuff and because like the next book will be focused on another county i don't really okay. want to give away yet well, no, no, no that's like, fair enough but uh but then I will, like I said, I'm gonna bring some of the characters from the first book into it. Like, but yeah, definitely now I'm doing a lot more reading on different things and and trying to kind of find maybe some different angles that most mm. that people haven't done before. Like, but yeah. it still will be rooted in modern Irish issues and and things that kind of Irish people face today. Like,
0: you gonna say something going? Well,
1: something I just thought that was one of the really interesting things about the book. You didn't really shy away from a lot of the darker aspects of of Irish stuff. I think I said that initially when I when I reviewed the book on the podcast because
0: it, if you remember when you told me about it you said it, it references lots of new lots of things about Irish culture and I said drink driving yeah but it actually <laughs> I was joking yeah, it actually, actually does it yet, like it, yeah. does, it very much does drink driving bug bodies
1: yeah and I was like they're all in there like they're but yeah. that was one of the interesting things for me You don't, you don't none of the stuff that you reference in modern irish society is any of the stuff that you hear was like oh they're so friendly they're so you always get the tourist hype about irish people and i'm not anti-irish by the way that's not what i mean <laughs> at all but you always get that thing where it's like oh it's such a friendly place it's such a wonderful place everyone like parties all the time but you actually kind of hit on the nail like the nail on the head with the you know drink is a crutch for a lot of people in certain rural communities and there are kind of those skewings between law and you know you know you can have your few points and get in the car if you want or you know everybody listens to that one guy in the village you know what I mean there is that mob mentality in in small communities yeah I thought that was really interesting that kind of like a i much darker under at home for me to the story. Yeah, well, I think
2: through. like the, when I was working on it, I felt like that by putting those types of things in. That's where you can kind of pull in people who aren't like like if you're trying to sell a story and like you meet someone on the street and they're like, "Oh, what's your book about?" And I say, "Well, it's about these creatures or something." Yeah, Most yeah. people just glaze over and they're like, "I could look at that like, book." <laughs> if you can kind of sell, <laughs> you can sell and talk about things that they can relate to and mm. know about like and I think it adds a lot more I suppose like weight to the story like mm. when you kind of put these things in like so yeah like that was kind of the main reason and I guess I was in, I wanted to do something Irish that I wasn't trying to sell something outside of Ireland that Irish or international people knew about Ireland already yeah. I just wanted to do something that maybe Irish people knew about and like i think read sometimes we kind of don't give readers enough credit like like readers kind of want to find new things and learn things in the stories they read they don't want to come and read something that they know already like a hundred times like so like that's one thing i've gotten from people who read it outside of ireland like they've just really kind of been interested in these things they'd never heard before like so that's kind of nice to hear like yeah no that's
0: why the healy rays are trying to get a band in kerry (laughs) was <laughs> actually trying to get no, That would be so that. funny.
1: Um, no, but there's like there is there's that whole clash between you know the old Irish traditions and
2: different villages, and then you know the world's kind of moving on. Yeah. Well, like mean? it's even like the whole thing with drinking. It like I didn't want to. I also didn't want to be bashing people over the head. Yeah, like, no, I, no. Like, I still, I still drink, and I enjoy taking a drink. It's more the kind of abusive side to it. Like, yeah. And, the, like, I think every stereotype, there's a shred of truth in it. And, like, mm. you know, we definitely there's a, definitely a shred, shred of truth in, in that Irish people are just mad for the drink. Absolutely, like, you know? we are mad for the
0: drink. is so currently something. drunk. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually hammered. I'm sitting uncomfortably
1: close to him. I can, yeah. smell. <laughs> you can smell the whole thing. It's, it's awful. It's the only way I get out of bed in the morning, to be honest.
0: Since you've taken this on tour, I imagine that you've been in lots of different parts of Ireland and people have been inclined to kind of come up and tell you about their local myths and legends and things like that. Yeah, that's... Have you picked up any interesting ones that you that you want to share that you weren't planning on using?
2: um i was at i was down in Duro, which is in county leash they do a thing every year it's the scarecrow festival it, right. it's an it's amazing kind of festival where people make scarecrows and they dot them all around the town and it, it's like a competition but when you go down it's great to just walk around and you know check all these things out but they have like a whole market fair and all sorts of things activities and stuff like that like so i managed to get in there this year and a lot of people were coming over, talking to me about the book. Some who hadn't heard it, some had seen it online and stuff like that. Like, but one that there's, I I I'll try and put this in the story. Like, it, it sounds right. cool. Like, and I think it works with the whole man in nature. But there was a guy, and he he was really cool because he was from a place called Wolf Hill, and apparently, cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, really cool. It's like, a cool yeah. place to be from, isn't it? But uh, he he said that apparently like the legend is is that the last wolf in ireland was killed on on this hill so like i think that ties well in with the story and the whole theme of man kind of destroying nature and and losing its way and, and getting separated from nature like so it's something it's not that it would be a pivotal part of the story but it would be nice to put that in but like he even said to me like if you want to come down i'll show you around like so like it's that type of stuff where people are just they're so open and they want to tell yeah, you like, like the stories kind of stuff, and stuff. Yeah. Like even I was in Alma there yesterday and there was a guy telling me about some stuff from Donegal. Um, it was, they found it was, I know you was, you were loving the bog bodies, Michael, there in the, <laughs> <laughs> in the other story. Like, I love a bog body. <laughs> but, uh, they found this woman in the, like a, I suppose like a preserved, um, bog body. But when they done the kind of carbon dating, like she was wrapped in this um, blanket, but the blanket was actually from a much, um, it was much newer as in like yeah. her body was older and so it was almost like she had been moved maybe from a grave wrapped in this and then put put somewhere else into the bog oh, okay. or something like Ooh. but he said that around that same time there's a, a an old folk tale of this woman who had come over from scotland and there was a harbor somewhere around Donegal where um like there was a massive storm that came in and destroyed a lot of the boats and stuff but this woman was being accused of being a witch. And like what he thinks is that this woman, like they maybe killed this woman, and like she, this bog body was this Scottish woman who was a witch, oh, like because wow. Oh, wow. the times cool. kind of match up, like you know. Yeah. So that that's what so, just some elfler came over and told just me, like.
0: Have you been
2: to the National Museum in Dublin to see the bog bodies? I haven't actually, and you I haven't? no, right. and like get on it, Barry. This is, the, I was in. Um, have you ever heard of Lullymore in Kildare? Yeah, yeah. We I went there with my wife recently, and like that was really kind of interesting and inspiring. And they had some examples. They weren't actual bog bodies, but kind of I suppose um made made of models to kind of show yeah to like, give you an idea exactly yeah. But it, then even listening to your show. It's something I want to go and actually have a look <laughs> oh, at them yeah. like, get, like get the real the, ones. Like, get yeah. into the
1: National Museum. If you need someone to show you around Museum. the National Museum, we have its number one fan. here <laughs> so, to my left. Like, he's just oh, so into the National Museum. The
0: stories, I won't spoil them too much for you, but there's one, one bog body missing his nipples
2: wow yeah, yeah. missing I'm, nipples are michael's thing also i so it's a really for just, missing nipples is that uh, some kind of s&m early, early s <laughs>
0: very yeah. early fetish club uh in stuff the it was but it's great there's some really good stories in the there's there's one bug body in the national museum and he has a Got short back and sides. No way. <laughs> With, like spiky <laughs> hair on the front. No and way. there's traces of, I think it's animal fat, pig fat in his hair. Like a so gel was, or something, yeah. is it? Like? So wow. He had, a short, he had hair like a modern-day Spanish footballer <laughs> yeah. in Ireland two and a half thousand years ago.
2: He was a trans like yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: incredible. They're, they're amazing. They all have little, uh, little ginger beards. Oh, that's left. cool. Yeah. They're really worth seeing. It's really yeah. good oh, definitely. Catholic, yeah. And it's free because museums in Ireland are free.
1: Yeah, which is a great thing about Ireland. If you or the national tourism sport would like <laughs> to sponsor the podcast, please let us know. No, I'm kidding. Um, how do you feel about fandom in Ireland in general? Because you've got a fair few great stories there about you know people coming up to you and kind of sharing with you how do you feel comic book fandom in Ireland is, is coming along for me I never realized there were as many people that were into pop culture and stuff like that I we met you at Dublin Comic Con about five weeks ago so yeah. five weeks now yeah but I, I was shocked at how many people actually get really into that, yeah. Like so that I. whole thing, yeah. Okay, because yeah. <laughs> I I came and I was like, oh, there'll be a few people here who've been into comic books, and you know, but there's so
2: many people into it now. And
1: there's
0: 10, like, 000, was it? Oh, it was, 10, 000, it was sold out
1: like most of the days or
0: something. Yeah, and, no,
2: it's it's definitely it seems to be kind of gaining in popularity and getting bigger and bigger every year. Like, um, I think I know the anime kind of cosplay scene is huge and get like that that's probably what will grow more than anything and then i think a lot of the big marvel movies and dc movies like that's kind of i think helping mm. people come in then and, and read up more stuff like try and find more stories on these characters and buy comics and stuff like that like but yeah it's like it's great to see you know what i mean especially if you're doing something that's like an irish story like that you, you know people are already on the same page like mm. they know kind of what a comic is and then they're like oh this is you know something irish like but uh yeah, it is impressive. I was blown away at Dublin Comic Con. Like, I couldn't believe. it. Yeah, neither no could. Like, I was walking around being like, "All right, all right." Well, had you we... used been there um, previous years? Been mi- right. Mick's been there before. I've
0: been going a few years because right. I know a few, a few of the guys who organise But it was Ben's first year, so yeah, people thought Ben was putting on some sort of act where he was being doe-eyed. And no,
1: <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> I was genuine. I would I would stop people because we we did the the interviews. Um, on the YouTube channel and I, I would stop people and I was so impressed by people that would build these costumes from and I think like some people were looking at me like alright man you know tone it down you don't, <laughs> you don't need to be so over the top about it but I was genuinely looking at some people going like holy I'm not going to curse because it's, it's a family podcast, Michael. So, has that um,
2: inspired you to kind of do a really I'm high on, end costume?
1: I'm not built for cosplaying at all. I don't find it appealing. But what I really enjoyed, no, for myself, what I really enjoyed was talking to people and kind of getting to understand what made them do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not big on like hardcore fandoms or, or anything like, like I've, I've never really.
0: Ben, you know you host a podcast. Yeah, I know. But no, I'm really <laughs> into it. You're doing it now. I'm really into it from a literary,
1: is, narrative, storytelling, this, art point of view. This is the
0: podcast now. Yeah, I know. You're I doing know, it I currently.
1: Know. But one of the one of the things that really got me into comics in the beginning was the art. Like, I I didn't mind so much. Like, I, I, I'd always read a lot as a kid, and the art was a new way for me to. Like, yeah, like the devil's avocado that you're showing everybody. <laughs> look at, <laughs> <on Ben>. oh, <laughs> look at <laughs> his
0: teeth. They're
1: so sinister. Yeah, they're so sinister. They're very <laughs> creepy. Well sinister done, Michael. Teeth.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, but for me that's
1: what got me into it But I never really connected on a massive level Or felt the need to defend a superhero Or my fandom or anything like that Like I'm a huge Batman fan But if Mick makes fun of Batman for being a bit rubbish I'm not going to go no it's like, But it's interesting for me to listen to the stories That other people tell me about fandoms And why, why they choose that character And what, what makes that character special to them Because I don't have that kind of connection with the comics that I read and stuff like that but they do and that's what makes it really interesting yeah well I think
2: I'd be kind of the same as you Ben like I got into comics for the art and then I suppose the whole storytelling like that you can tell any story you want and you don't really need a big production team or anything like that so that's kind of what Mm -hmm. I love about it and then the whole fandom thing came after so I always feel like in a way, for the fandom side of things, I'm kind of like an outsider or an yeah. observer. Like you Understand. know, I I, yeah. <laughs> I do love it, but what whatever it is, I can't get crazy into any particular kind of genre, character, yeah. or whatever myself. I don't. It's just not who I am. But it's amazing to see everyone else like, <laughs> in the
0: room
1: give, give Barry a hard time there, like he gave me a hard time no
0: he likes my avocado yeah alright fair enough I um, reckon that this avocado is going to be in bed. Barry <laughs> <fellow>. <laughs> he's going to be mysteriously evil he's going to be
1: he's going to be a foreign invasive species yeah he's going to be
0: a sinister avocado <laughs> um, we're, we've got a few minutes left Barry before we wrap up um, we're all Dubliners here in the room yeah do you have any Dublin myths or stories that have that have interested you recently
2: um, do you know what I have? I have my favorite one. I don't know where it comes from. Mm-hmm. That would probably be the one I'd like to talk about the most. Go on. Go but on. it it probably doesn't qualify as a Dublin one, I don't think. All right. Now. No, all right. We'll 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 <laughs> have you, you have you ever heard of the Stray Sod? No. No. Right. This one is to me amazing, and it's my favorite. So the folklore legend part of it is that um, it's like if someone steps on the stray sod it's kind of they become enchanted and if they're in a, in a place that they know they become dis, disorientated and they actually can't find their way home like or they can't find their way so if they're in a field or whatever and like there there's different ways to get around that you like I think if you put your jacket on inside out you know you can break the spell <laughs> it's like, a counter but um, here's here's what I love most about it when I was in a previous job uh, one of my bosses who told me about the stray sod what he said was that a lot of people back in rural Ireland, Ireland times, I like think of old farmers and stuff like that, like, you know, they'd probably be working all week. They would say, go to tell their wife I'm going to the pub, and they'd go down, like, they might walk across a few fields they'd go in drinking that night and like they'd get absolutely like rotten drunk like you know yeah. like just ossified <laughs> yeah. and they'd come home and probably at like four or five in the morning and it'd probably take them hours they just didn't know where they were going so like they probably leaned on the stray sod <laughs> and told their wife yeah. I stood on the stray sod and I couldn't couldn't get home like so it's kind of like what I like about it is it's yeah it's an old folk tale that was kind of used that had a utility you know to mm-hmm. so yeah. it's not getting in trouble yeah, like, yeah. it's it useful like, it's the olden days
1: equivalent
0: of the modern legend of the bad pint yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly i drank a dodgy pint pint. Yeah, Uh, it wasn't the seven pints i had before that it was that that last (laughs) that
1: eighth one was a dodgy one yeah i
0: suppose what Um, about yourselves
2: though have you got any good Dublin ones like
0: for for me we're we're all from roughly the same area as it turns out Um, out. for me the intriguing one because i grew up uh, a 20 minute walk from the Hellfire Club. Yeah. Yeah. And the Hellfire Club I might as well tell everyone Because not everyone's going to know yeah. But the Hellfire Club Is an old hunting lodge From I think the 17th century That's on the top of a hill Just outside Dublin Called Montpellier Hill But if you pronounce it Montpellier Hill You get you, looked at funny in Dublin <laughs> You get funny looks You get a jab It's Montpellier It's Montpellier Hill <laughs> And uh, according to the legend uh, There was a, a, a party of gentlemen mm. Young gentlemen Drinking Re- and smoking and playing Real cars. bad eggs And uh, one night, uh, there was a a terrible storm, and there was a sudden knock on the door, and I'm going to do sound effects. (laughs) Ben, don't laugh at my sound effects! (laughs) And then one of the men had to go and answer the door, and he met a stranger standing outside the door, but it wasn't the stranger, was it, Ben?
1: No it wasn't dude. It, it was Sure Look It was the lad Who that avocado Runs around <laughs> It was a, a man sized avocado um. And then the,
0: the, the stranger Joins the game That they're playing It's, it's poker In most versions I've heard But they yeah. probably Didn't play poker In the 17th century it was Gin rummy a, Gin rummy Or yeah. whisk Whisk I don't know
1: What any of those are Whist. But anyway
0: And then he He, uh, he starts losing uh, All the money And then towards The end of the night He starts winning And winning And winning And winning And, winning. and one of the players So he stood on the the stray sod, that's hard to say, and he bends down to pick up his card. And while he's under the table picking up his card, he sees, not feet, but hooves. (laughs) (laughs) You're such a nerd. (laughs) Um, And then the devil, then revealed, starts laughing and he goes, (laughs) and he bursts into flames. And he burns down the Hellfire Club. Yeah.
1: There was a, there's also... There's a, there's a couple of versions of that. There's, there's an original... It's funny that you should mention that. There's an original Hellfire Club in London. And they're a pack of And they were, um, <laughs> and they were so... Eggs. There's a bunch of different versions of the Hellfire Club. The more historical one is probably the hunting party. But apparently it was so debauched that they were booted out of London... And a lot of the lords would travel over from Dublin. So they started their own one in Montpellier. And they would have all kinds of satanic rituals. So apparently, if you go around the Hellfire Club... This is a bit grim. But if you go around the Hellfire Club and you see black cats... You'll mm. notice that they have glowing orange eyes. They look like they're burning. Which right. is normal for cats. In their skull. Which is normal for cats, but not like bright orange, like little balls of fire sitting on the front of their faces. That's ah, pretty normal. It's pr- okay, fair enough. Wait, way to spoil the, the Yeah, well, you of my story, so the now little, I'm doing your story. <laughs> the, little folk of end of <laughs> <laughs> the little folk end of things is apparently, in various rituals, they wouldn't kill people. They kill cats. Um, as part of the sacrifice and the way that they did that was fairly manky they would boil them in oil um, as part of the ritual so these little cats are little hellfire cats they're the spirits of the, the cats that were murdered in the name of the, the hellfire Club. that's cool I hadn't heard that so you see drifting fireballs in the little forest around Montpellier uh-huh. and it's the cats that are wandering through the that's trees cool. it's
0: interesting that we both grew up so close to there but we've heard totally different stories. oh I have completely I've actually versions. got another oh, <laughs> add on to it
2: apparently when you hike up there there's like this maybe like a six foot tall stone have you ever seen that mm-hmm. yeah I heard that apparently when they discovered that the devil was playing cards with them, um, one, one of them ran out. And when he was gone down the hill, he was turned to stone by the devil. Uh, And this is apparently uh, where that man kind of was laid to rest or whatever as a stone. Excellent. Perhaps
0: the most interesting story of the Hellfire Club is that once my brother got stuck in the chimney. (laughs) He's still there, is he? And
2: to this day, he haunts it. If you walk past the Hellfire Club
0: at night, he goes here, get me out of this chimney. (laughs)
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we want to give a massive thank you to Barry Keegan for coming into our tiny room and putting up with our antics. Um you can find the Bog road in Sub City Comics here in, in Dublin. Um
2: you can order it online, I am assuming. Yeah, you can order online. It's in God, it's in loads of places now. It's in Forbidden Planet, Big Bang. Oh right, um, okay. It's in um it's actually I have it in a shop um in Port Arlington in Tullamore. Um yeah, it's online. It's down in Cork as well. I think Comics Vault. It's up in Great. Belfast as okay. well. So we're trying to get it in as many places as possible. And I suppose we'll keep doing that and get it out to as many people as possible.
1: Yeah, you can find Barry on Twitter as well. and No, not Twitter, Instagram. Twitter and, and Instagram, on Twitter and yeah. Instagram, Facebook as well. I'm uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can find them on all of these things if you want to ask them any questions or give them any story suggestions for the future. Don't <laughs> don't bombard them, but you know, so you be nice about it. Uh, and as always, ladies and gentlemen, we are on the uh, the L Insta, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on YouTube, and you can find us at SoundCloud at all times. Please down below if you have any. Ideas, iTunes are on iTunes as well. Give us an L uh, review on iTunes. The good man, the little whispers aren't creepy at all for listeners. <laughs> um, and if you have any stories from your local area that you want to let us know about, uh, we'd be very interested to know. And if anybody knows how to get someone's brother out of a chimney yeah. up in Montpellier, that would be great because his just parents him. miss him. His just parents, him. parents miss him. 25 years he's been there. <laughs> 25 years he's been there. Anyway, that's all from us to this week, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks very much again, Barry. Bye. Thanks, lads. Bye. Bye. Bye.